This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, it's a Talking Tuesday. Talking Tuesday here on Sports Talk. Talking Tuesday of Palmetto Bowl Week. And we are excited to bring it all to you here on Sports Talk, the one place you can come to on the radio from all across the state if you are a Gamecock, a Tiger. We're just one big, happy Sports Talk family. Looking forward to having you with us tonight. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel here in dreary Columbia. And it's not always dreary in Columbia. It's dreary today. And Chris Bergen from the Bergie Palace, where it's always sunshine and flowers <laughs> down in the PD. Weird so you weather. haven't been here often. <laughs> I've been there enough. Been there enough. Not at the Bergie Palace. I mean the PD. You know. Sure. I've invited yeah. you a couple of times, and you keep turning me down. So well, you know, I just uh, developing have... a complex over here. No, I don't want you to feel paranoid or anything like that. I was just going to say the weather is wacky. Yeah. Because I was up in Clemson, and it was about – I don't think it dropped below 50, but it was around 50, 52 degrees. And then driving back to Columbia, the temperature started climbing, and it was 68 mm-hmm. by yep. the time I got back into Columbia. A little – don't know if that was fog or just haze or whatever out there. And, of course, the traffic is starting to get crazy. So if you're driving around, watch yourself out there, wet roads and dreary conditions and all that kind of stuff. So – uh, be safe. Uh, hopefully you're able to stay with us here on Sports Talk, listening to us over the radio, over one of our affiliates. Love that, of course. But we also encourage you to go and get the Chief Sports app, C-H-I-E-F, as in Kansas City, Chief Sports app. And you can find Sports Talk right there and take us with you very simply, very easy, and that way you'll always have us. You also get our um, – on the Chief Sports app, you get the the audio version of the show. You can also just click and go right to the YouTube video version of the show if you wanna if you wanna look at us and see uh, how we happen to look on a particular day. Right now, I look pretty dreary after making the drive up to Clemson. You made the drive to Columbia, so that's not uh, that's not a taxing trip, but a trip nonetheless. And actually ran into an accident, unfortunately, on I-20 that backed up traffic and slowed things down for about 10, 15 minutes. But the funny thing about interstate accidents, it always seems to be this way, unless you actually are involved in the accident, which we hope none of our listeners are this Thanksgiving week. But unless you're involved in the accident, it always appears that it clears before you get to it. But you may be 15 miles down the road, and by the time you get up there, everything's clear, and you wonder, where did all the traffic go? Yeah. What what happened? And that was the case here. We came upon the uh, accident about 10 miles outside of I-77, the interchange, 
and uh, there was nothing there. I saw one car on the side of the road, and that was about it. But, yeah, it's it's been a messy day. And uh, from what I've seen so far in the forecast, it's supposed to get worse tomorrow and then clear off in time for Thanksgiving. It should be a beautiful weekend and a little cool for the uh, game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And the weather, of course, uh, impacting these high school teams that are still playing. You want to be practicing on Thanksgiving. Indeed. And up at Clemson, Daniel High School was practicing inside the Clemson indoor facility. I think so Greg Collegiate nice. was doing the same at USC today. I really? saw their bus out in front of uh-huh. USC before Shane Beamer's presser today. You know, it's nice to have friends nearby. <laughs> no doubt. You know, how many schools can just call up and say, hey, can we come over to your indoor and practice for a couple hours? Uh, and, of course, they're going to say, yeah, come on over. All right, so as far as how Clemson. How has the NCAA not ruled that a, a violation of some sort? I mean, you can't give these kids a T-shirt, or you should, you should not be able to, or a donut, or a ham sandwich. Man, when are you going to get with the, the? When are you going to catch up the with the entire team to come over and worse, use your indoor? You're worse than I am, man. When are you going to catch up with the modern era? I mean, everything is go 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 now. There are no rules, and uh, and I think anyway, um, I think as long as none of your coaches, if there are any rules, I think as long as none of your coaches are there involved, it's just right. You just let them use the facility. They you know, they. they they give you a waiver on that or whatever. Um, good gesture. Good community mm-hmm. gesture. Anyway, from Clemson um, today, injury-wise, I guess that's always the, the most important thing to talk about. Uh, Antonio Wells. Antonio Wells. Antonio Williams. be a heck of a wide receiver. Yeah. We'll get Antonio. to Antoine. <laughs> we'll get to Antoine in a second. Juice. Uh, but <clears throat> Antonio Williams, day-to-day. Um, uh, Bo Collins uh, not practicing. Uh, foot is sore from what he had over the weekend. Uh, not practicing. Uh, otherwise, uh, no other. No other. The Tiger was discussed about regarding injuries. Nothing. Nothing else new coming out of the North Carolina game. Those who are definitely out are out. Uh, nobody else on the injured list that the Dabo Sweeney mentioned, as far as I can remember, had a lot of good things to say. Of course about. The atmosphere, I tell you what, Sandstorm is in their heads up there at Clemson. The players, they talk about it when they talk about playing at Williams-Brice. Sweeney mentioned the environment, how tough it is, how tough it is to win there. They haven't had any trouble winning there in recent years. Um, It's been a while since South Carolina won a home game in the series. I think it was 2013 was the last time. So, But Sandstorm has been talked about by the players one after another up there. And it's going to be a loud, rowdy crowd with the uh, with the added excitement uh, in the environment to having Trump uh, in the in the audience. So you got all that going on. Um, but he had a lot of respect uh, for the Gamecocks, uh, Rattler, uh, Leggett, um, other players on the offense. Uh, feels like that they've really uh, improved in that area, and their defense has come along. Like a lot of coaches, just know players by their numbers, not so much their names. Though he knew a couple of them, but yeah, a lot of respect for the Gamecocks going into this one. Realizes that they've got to play good football, not turn it over, not make mistakes. And he cited once again that when they have lost to South Carolina, uh, it it the the turnovers a big factor, a big factor, and they're still turning it over. They just have won the turnover battle in the three games that they've won. They've won the turnover battle. It's not like they've cleaned up that part of their game. Uh, he cited South Carolina's uh, special teams as, of course, being uh, better than his. He didn't say that, but it is. Even though Aiden Swanson has been very good, their punter, and Aiden Swanson is coming back to Clemson for another year. So the punting should be just fine for another year if you have to punt. 
uh, which they would like to do less of. Mm-hmm. And um, he said they will fake a punt on the first uh, some first or second series. <laughs> he plans to run his punt fake to see if it'll finally Go work. Ahead and get it out of the way. See if he can find. <laughs> just see if it'll finally work. Um, so that was pretty much uh, the ebb and flow of about uh, fifty minutes or so with Dabo Swinney. Then Graham Neff, the AD, came in and he spoke for a while just to talk about things going on with Clemson. You know, kind of tout what they they've done in their fall sports, what they're getting ready to do in their winter sports, how uh, how proud he was of um, the teams, the ones that have accomplished some really good things to this point. Talked about their new NIL initiative, the um, 110 Society, the 110 Society. Um, yeah, we pressed him on some questions about NIL. And, you know, again, he was asked about, with Clemson and other ADs and other administrators, when they unveil these NIL deals, you know, they kind of uh, spin it a certain way. They want to make it sound like um, it's not pay for play. And he was asked directly, uh, you know, about this being just more or less a different way of spinning it for something that's pay for play. And he said at Clemson, um, they don't look at it that way. The dollars, the dollar figure is not an issue as far as that's not the primary thing. It's still the education. It's still um, the philanthropic side of it, uh, the charity side of it. Uh, he did not make it sound like Clemson was going to recruit players who are in it only for the money uh, in all their sports. And he didn't make it sound like uh, Clemson is going to be a program that's going to go out there and get into a, a bidding war for certain athletes if it comes to that in trying to acquire talent. Now, you know, whether or not that hurts them over the long run when they start missing on more players, I, you know, uh, I've, I've mentioned here before in talking about their recruiting, it seems to me they're getting good players. Don't get me wrong. Clemson still recruits good players, but it also seems to me that they're missing on players who in the past they might otherwise have gotten. And you wonder if they are missing these players because they're not paying enough simply. They're mm-hmm. just being outbid. But nobody wants to say that, though. Uh, what's his name up at Connecticut today? Uh, Mora. I don't know if you saw his comment. They had a they're two and nine, and he said, "Look, we're two and nine. If you don't," he's talking to his fans. And he said, "If you don't give us more money, if you don't pony up more money so we can go buy players, uh, then don't complain about being two and nine. So, the here's the thing: the the this has given coaches now the NIL. It's given coaches another excuse for when they don't win. Well, we're not winning because we can't buy players because you're not giving us enough money." But is it an excuse now, Phil, or is it an actual reason? Well, I mean, excuse, reason, however you yeah. want to, you know, however you want to parse it. That's going to be the new out. Hey, mm-hmm. we, we didn't yeah. win because you, you fans didn't give us enough money, and we couldn't pony up and, and buy enough good players. I mean, that is going to be the bottom line of this whole nil. Mm-hmm. You can spin it however, you can paint it however, you can put any kind of lipstick on it that you want. You know, lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, and. Um, it's still the, the – the, look, again, there, there's – not every player is out there to be bought. They're, they're, not every player is of that mindset. Some don't need the money. Some prefer a good culture, a good academic setting. But let's don't fool ourselves and kid ourselves that uh, a lot of, the, a lot of the, the best players in the country, when it comes down to decision-making, the NIL – the money, how much am I going to make situation, 
not only will that be important for them making the initial decision, it will be important for them to make the continuing decision yeah. to stay at a school. So you got to continue uh, to re-recruit. And on a uh, not the same subject, but just as a transition to you, the news came out last night from Antoine Wells, Juice Wells, that if you you know you can see the story on our website. But if you the way I interpret it was, I'm not playing Saturday. <laughs> I'm not holding out. I'm not going to the NFL. I'll be back at South Carolina next year, healthy and ready to go. That's the way I interpreted what he put out. Well, you did a much better job of interpreting what Juice Wells had to say last night, Phil, than I did because I don't. I've, I've re- I read his tweet last night. I read your story up on the website at sportstalksc.com. I read his tweet again today. Shane Beamer tried to explain it. I still don't know what he said, and he did not say because you, we almost have to press these guys much the way you guys were doing with uh, Graham Neff on NIL earlier today. You almost have to press them to the letter. All he said in his tweet is I'm not playing and not holding out for the NFL draft. I'll be back next year. He never said I'll be back at South Carolina next year. So I still don't know what that means for Juice Wells. Now, Shane Beamer obviously was asked about that today. And one of the things he he brought up, he said, you know, we don't anticipate him playing. He said, I wouldn't count on it. Direct quote. I met with Juice a couple of times last week. The post he had on X didn't surprise me what he announced. If he decides he's in the right frame of mind to play, great but I don't anticipate it. And that was about all he said. Yeah. He didn't go into the future. You know, do you anticipate uh, Juice being back on your team next year? Yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm still confused well, as I, to what Juice meant. I hear what you're saying. I mean, I, I don't see any other – I don't see any other – I won't say I won't say any other, but uh, to me the strong – Take is he's coming back to South Carolina. I, I, I would I would think so. Yeah, sure, I don't think he. But would that's not what he that. said. You know. Well, I think maybe you know maybe he felt like just by saying I'll be back, you just um, take that as meaning I'm coming back to South Carolina. He didn't say I'm going to enter the portal. This would have been an opportune time for him to say I'll be back, but I'm entering the portal. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have said that in the same sentence, but he didn't right. do that. I well, take Marshawn Lloyd told Shane Beamer what three days before he jumped into portal he'd be back at USC, right? Well, I guess he was waiting for the envelope to come <laughs> in from clear. Southern Cal. Yeah, um, I'm assuming that's the case there now. And I'm not trying assume. to impugn Juice Wells' character. I, I don't no, know him no, at all. No, no. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just I'm knowing that the current atmosphere that we're in, and what you know, words mean things now. And he never said in that tweet that he will be back at South Carolina next year. Yeah. So that gave me a little pause for concern. If you're a Gamecock fan, you would assume that's what he meant. Yeah, but. I think I don't it's know safe. Anymore. I think it's safe to assume that. I really do. I think it's safe to assume that. Um, all right, what else did you get from Carolina? Oh, first off, uh, you are an extremely popular figure there, and I found out something that Pat Smitty and I are your backup band. Because mm. when Shane Beamer came in, he looked around the room and he saw that Gene Saplikoff was there from the uh, Post and Courier. David Kloniger wasn't there uh, doing something else. And it looked up because we all must sit in the exact same seat mm-hmm. in the defensive meeting room when we go to a press conference. So he looked up and saw that I was there and you weren't there. And he said, well, where's Phil? Mm. I see he sent the other guys. <laughs> so evidently, Sports Talk is Phil and the other guys. The other guys. Uh, <laughs> we, we are your backup band, Pat Smitty and I. So, well, yeah. one day it'll be y'all and I'll just be the other guy. <laughs> and that'll be fine with that. <laughs> but he went on to say, and he talked a lot about how much respect he's got for Dabo. It's, it's really interesting, and you, you mentioned the same thing from what Dabo had to say today. I get the sense these two guys actually really like one another. 
they've got to kind of play it off that they don't for their fan base. But I see a lot of respect, certainly from Shane Beamer, because he actually made a comment uh, early in his press conference about some of the things that was was asked at Dabo's postgame press conference last week. So he's obviously paying attention as to what's going on at Clemson. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if Dabo's keeping you know sharp eyes on what is going on at USC. Mm-hmm. I just get the sense those two guys have a tremendous amount of respect and also seem to like one another. Yeah, I think they do. Don't you? I yeah. think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of respect there. They they haven't let the rivalry uh, interfere with their relationship. And you know what? Uh, Sweeney mentioned today he was asked a question about uh, of the people that you have uh, had contact with via the rivalry, who, st- who stands out to you the most? And he named uh, Steve Spurrier. And he said he and Spurrier uh, are good friends. I mean, you know – they first uh, crossed paths when he was at Alabama and Spurrier was at Florida, and they played in the SEC, and they played in the SEC championship game. Then, of course, it uh, reconnected when he came to Clemson. Spurrier came to South Carolina, and then they started playing each other. But he said, you know, he and Spurrier, he, they get together at least once a year. They go to the Hall of Fame. They see each other at the Hall of Fame. And, yeah, they, that mm-hmm. he's had good relationships with um, – those two head coaches, those have been his – well, I, uh, Muschamp, um, I can't speak about you know his relationship with Muschamp, right. but as far as Beamer and, and Spurrier are concerned, it seems like he has good relationship with those two. Yeah, I would agree. Beamer went on to address the injuries. He said the only person that is out, and obviously I think Antoine Wells can probably fall into that category, though he did say, as I mentioned earlier, it wouldn't surprise him if he came up to him and said he was in the right place, right mindset to play, but they're not anticipating it. So assume Wells won't play. Juju McDowell obviously out as well. And everybody else that's hurt at this point in time is questionable. I, I got the sense uh, to carry on joiners doing everything he possibly can to get on the field Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants to miss his last opportunity against Clemson. No, I would think not. I would think everything he's given in his career, senior day and all that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. definitely want to uh, – you definitely want to try and play. Uh, speaking of the Gamecocks last night, uh, Senior Bowl announced, uh, the Gamecocks announced it, uh, that uh, Leggett and, and Rattler had received invites to the Senior Bowl, and then the Senior Bowl later announced that uh, Rattler had accepted. Um, and you were there. Rattler spoke today. Now, that doesn't mean that, um, I mean, obviously he'll go and, and perform. He could come back just going in the senior bowl. Much. Doesn't yeah. mean that you you have to go <laughs> on the NFL. He does have he does have one more year because of the COVID years. And he took a red shirt year at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, at COVID year, he gets back. So he does have one year of eligibility if he wanted to come back. I I don't know. Can he? Um, this is a pretty deep. From what I've read, just sort of glimpsed, uh, it appears to be a pretty deep quarterback class for the draft coming up. But maybe Rattler feels like he's as good as any of them and. I'm sure he'll go through the process to a certain degree to kind of get a feel from the NFL people about where he would fall. I wonder what his cutoff is. If they were to say, okay, look, uh, we see you as a late second, early third round pick. Um, I wonder if that would be good enough. Uh, or they might say we see you as a first-round I think that would be pick. the floor. Yeah, I would think that would be the floor. Anything lower than a late second, early third, I'm, I think he probably comes back. And he actually said uh, in the uh, press conference today that I'm focused on this game, but it could could be. That's what he said. It could be my last time out there. Mm-hmm. You never know. He went on to say I've got another elig- a year of eligibility. So is this the last time that Clemson's going to have to deal with Spencer Rattler? Uh, probably. I think most people would think this probably is, but he's not quite ready to commit to that. Okay. 
All right. We're going to hear from the two head coaches a little bit later. Uh, right now, we'll hear from you. We'll go ahead and take some phone calls as we can take uh, your predictions. Of course, last night, uh, ran through a pretty good number of predictions. We had Clemson 31-17. We had USC 37-24. We had Clemson 34-24. We had USC 35-20. We had Clemson 30-3. We had Clemson 35-7. We haven't had any of the outrageous, obnoxious, uh, you know, 75-3 to three, uh, <laughs> prediction yet. Um, hey, look at this. Uh, Citadel basketball won again today. They defeated uh, – mm, you know, I hate when they put on a tweet just the logo of the team. Mm-hmm. They beat somebody 67-61. But I don't know – I don't recognize the logo of the team they played. So I, <laughs> I don't know who they beat. But that's two in a row. They won the Creek Classic. So, uh, way to go. Bulldogs picked up a couple of wins in basketball. Uh, USC women last night. By the time I – thing is, when I get over to a USC women's game, those games are so it's fast. <laughs> and, I mean, the arena is emptying. By the time I get there, about eight minutes ago in the fourth quarter, they've got about a 40-point lead usually. Slow start last night, but a strong finish as they blew out uh, South Dakota State. So, they continue to roll. And All right. Citadel beat North Carolina Central. Is that who that was? Yes, that's who that was, 67-61. Okay. Yeah, good for them. I'll actually see North Carolina Central on Sunday. That's next up for Coastal Men's Basketball. Very good. Very good. Uh, oh, real quick, um, Tim Beck talked today as well. No, tomorrow. Well, Coastal saw... needs on Wednesday. Okay, well, I saw a video. Oh, I think I just saw a video from him um, urging Shots yes, fans that was promotional. to, yeah, to I'm fill sure up that was the a promotional video. So yeah, give us try and, uh, we haven't talked much about them coming off Saturday since you didn't make it to Army because of basketball, but they lost a tough one up there. Uh, but you, they got a chance if they can beat JMU, they will play for the Sun Belt Championship? That is correct. Second straight year they would be in the uh, Sun Belt title game against the same team they lost to last year. They would probably have to go to Troy. Looks like Troy, who's already clinched the West Division, would host the uh, Sun Belt title game. Now, James Madison, if they won, they, they obviously won't get a chance to host but because they're ineligible. And so here's where you have to go into the X factors with JMU. If they were to win, Coastal would get their third loss of the uh, conference season. Then they would have to hope that Appalachian State loses to Georgia Southern uh, this weekend as well. And that would also get Coastal in because they have the tiebreaker mm. over Appalachian State with that win. Uh, in Boone back in early October. But, yeah, coming off a, a tough loss at Army, and that was a situation where Army totally revamped its offense for Coastal, and I think in large parts to try and put the old triple option back on video so Navy has to start worrying about that because <laughs> if you're Army, Coastal, you beat Coastal great, but obviously that game coming up in a couple of weeks, that's the one they desperately want to win. So uh, they were able to rush for over 300 yards. All, all of their offense against Coastal was on the ground uh, Saturday. So. And again, Coastal went to another quarterback, went back to Jarrett Guest, didn't know he was going to start. It looked like Ethan Vasco was going to throughout the week. Vasco was actually hurt against Texas State. So the question we'll ask tomorrow, and I'm sure Tim Beck, who could also work for uh, the Central Intelligence Agency because of how well he keeps secrets, uh, who's the quarterback going to be Saturday? Is it going to be Jarrett Guest against JMU? Is it going to be Ethan Vasco against uh, JMU? Is it possibly going to be Grayson McCall against JMU? Is it going to be Pat Daniel against James Madison? Who knows at this point in time? That that may be the most interesting story. But, yeah, it's a big, big ball game for Coastal uh, coming up on Saturday. A win, and they'll represent the East in the uh, Sun Belt title game next week. Okay. Me and Coach, 
Let's uh, <laughs> let's jump to Vern before we get to the break because he might not hang through the break. You know how Vern is. He, he gets right to the point. Vern, welcome in. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It's good to have you with us here on Sports Talk from beautiful Bishopville. Okay, thank you. The same to you all. Yes, but sir. Anyway, my, my conversation is always short. Uh, is um, Clifford bringing those same officials they had Saturday when they were uh, playing North Carolina? I think they'd like to. I think they'd like to. Yeah, because uh, from what I've seen and stuff up there, I mean, it's a shame the way they took the game from North Carolina, but I don't care about North Carolina. Mm. I'm going to be honest. I'm a South Carolina man. But anyway, you want to? You say you want a prediction? Predict. Did you say that? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to say they're going to win Clemson. They're going to win because they bring those group they had Saturday. Ain't no way they're going to lose. They couldn't lose to the Justice League with Superman and all of them you know, with that group. Mm. And so y'all be have a blessed and have a, a, a happy Thanksgiving. You got a score for us? Give me uh, give me the digits. Yeah, uh, Clifford, uh, Clifford eighty uh, to Carolina uh, twenty. Eighty? <laughs> Is that what he said? Eighty to twenty? He said eighty. <laughs> he said eighty to twenty. Well, I got to put it down. That's what yeah. Burns said. We're now, not, we'll be an ACC crew, though, right? It, we're, yeah, we'll it be. will be an ACC crew working that game. Yeah. Uh, or does the visiting team get the crew? I think it's the visiting yeah. team that gets the crew. Yeah, All right, we'll ACC, hit the break. Yeah. ACC, yeah. We'll hit the break. Be back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Talking Tuesday, Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel, and you on the lines, 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. We'll hear from the two head coaches in our second hour. Right now, we got we got some lines open for you. You could not get through last night. I understand. It's tough. It's tough. But you can get through tonight, 888-898-2525. Let me update a couple of things. First of all, our poll question of the week is about the game and Clemson a seven-point favorite. And based on what you've seen this month, straight up, not not considering the points, straight up, who's going to win? 578 votes. Boy, it's tight. I mean, this is really a split state. 50.2% Gamecocks, 49.8% Tigers. Very tight. Now, we're doing a Palmetto Bowl poll question of the day. Yesterday, the question was, because you hate to lose this game. I mean, you're miserable if you lose this game. More than any other game, whether it's a league game or you lose to an FCS team, or you lose in the playoffs, if you make it that far, lose in the rivalry game, you're most miserable. Which fan base is the most nervous about Saturday? 257 votes on this one. Uh, 58.8% say Clemson is. 41.2% say the Gamecocks are. Now to today's poll question of the day for the Palmetto Bowl 2023. How do you feel about former President Donald Trump attending the game? <laughs> uh, 499 votes. Need one more to get to 500. 58.5% say in favor. 41.5% say not in favor. Read some of the responses here. Tim says don't care. 
T says traffic is bad enough. Joey says could care less. Dane says where's the who cares button. Uh, let's see. Uh, shake my head. I guess that's what this is. S-M-H-R-J. Uh, why would they invite someone on trial for being a traitor to the country? Hmm. Ronnie says, I honestly could care less. Ain't affecting my game experience one bit. Kevin writes, where's the who cares option? JC should be, the question should be, or JC writes, the question should be, how do you feel about a treasonous coup plotting? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I he went a little far. Yeah. He went a little far. Blankety blank attending the game. Uh, Mike writes, don't care was not an option. Um, Shogun of Harlem writes, no candidate should be doing campaign stops at our games, but especially not this traitor and soon-to-be felon. And well, his first, his boy, first part of this that. This went downhill is, really fast, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, and there's another one on there we can't read on the air. But no. uh, Shogun of Harlem, his first part of that is an interesting question about candidates doing campaign stops at football games. Let's face it. Donald Trump does not need to campaign in South Carolina. If he is indeed the Republican nominee, mm. he, will win a, he will win this state going away. So the question really becomes, all right, you're basically here to get money for your campaign because you need South Carolina, but you've already going to, you've already won South Carolina, and we're a year out from the election. So I, I think it's an interesting question. Should political candidates be able to do campaign stops, period, at college games? Well, can you what tell do you them do no? If, well, I, mean, I don't that, know. That was going to be my next yeah. question. What do, you, what do you do if you're the University of South Carolina? Yeah. And the president and Ray Tanner, the athletics director, I mean, do you step in and say, look, Mr. President, we really appreciate you wanting to be here, but there's already enough going on with this game. Logistically, it's going to be a nightmare. Secret Service, I'm sure, is, is already dreading this weekend. Um, you know, do you, can you ask them to stay away? It's a, it's a really good question. Well, you got to also remember, too, this is, uh, as you mentioned, Republican state with a Republican governor who happens to be very close right. to Trump. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, McMaster sees this as an opportunity for him as well. Um and think about this, too, of course, should Trump be reelected president, I mean, South Carolina would be would have favored state status with him. You know, they would he would no certainly hold South Carolina near and dear to his heart for a number of different reasons, not the least of which would be his relationship with the governor. And McMaster's not going to tell him, no, you can't uh, come. True. So anyway, uh, political uh, politics uh, raises its ugly head once again uh, here in our state. What you got, Pat? Oh, <laughs> nothing. I was. Oh, well, it's you, gonna make me be a stick in the mud. I just, I just, I don't like double standards, and I feel like on this show we've called out certain coaches in this state for bringing politics into sports, and now here we are talking on the show about it. I just, I know, I know, I know Donald Trump's gonna be there this weekend. Former President Trump's gonna be there this weekend, but I just, I'm here to talk sports. I don't, I don't want to talk politics. Okay, let's talk sports. Uh, former Lakeview and Clemson star linebacker Darius Shaquille Leonard. Uh, waived by the Indianapolis Colts today, ending his career with them. It was a great career, all-pro career. Had an injury, I think, that set him back, and I would imagine somebody's going to pick him up at some point. Former Colorado running back Alex Fontenot has filed a class-action lawsuit against the NCAA and Power 5 leagues over the financial model 
federal court records show uh, it hits on everything from conference realignment and TV money to Fisher's buyout. This from Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times. So he has filed a class action lawsuit, I guess maybe on behalf of uh, the players in college football, seeking to get them more money because he sees all the money. He sees the money that Fisher's getting paid to go away. He sees the money that the schools are making from television, and he's thinking, hey, we, this our class, our, this is a class action thing, we deserve more of that money, which goes back to things we've talked about before, from NIL to everything else. Uh, where's enough going to be enough? Where's gonna, what's what's going to be the um, the end game here from the standpoint of how much money the players are going to make? There might not be an end game. I was talking to somebody today about – uh, you know, a player making a million dollars a year. And I said, you know what? Who says it's going to stop at a million dollars a year to keep a top player in your program? And I just don't know how the schools are going to sustain this. Uh, it's you know, not sustainable. Right now, it's, you it's know, yeah. right now fans are like, yeah, man, I'll write you a check for 100000 You need 500000 I'll give you that. You know, But you've got to replenish the kitty every year. Mm-hmm. Every year, so I mean, maybe the young people coming up and getting their jobs, and they, and, and they don't have any any debt, student loans. They're all making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year coming out of college. Maybe they'll be more than happy to fund to fund this. But I just can't see it being sustainable. It's not sustainable in its current model, and it's interesting too. From a class action lawsuit, it starts bringing back the discussion: is how much longer is it going to be before NCAA athletes unionize themselves? And then we really get into a situation where they are employees of the university, and then they can fall under a whole lot of different envelopes. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. mean, we're headed down that slippery slope in a hurry and getting there quickly. But, no, the current model is not sustainable because you're right. It's okay. What About that story you told us several months ago, you knew somebody who was a big Gamecock fan, paid a bunch of money for Gigi Jackson, mm-hmm. and then the team didn't perform. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won 11 games last year. So he was disappointed and wondering, well, why did I pay that kind of money? So, you know, you're paying a bunch of money into Carolina football this year. They're five and six. If they lose Saturday, they'll finish with a losing record. Are you more inclined next year to say, well, you know, if I had given double what I've currently gave, the team might have finished eight and, eight and four or nine and three. I mean, <laughs> or are you going to be like, no, I'm not giving anymore. Well, how, do you feel, how do you feel when you give money uh, and you have a deal with a player, no fault of his, but he gets hurt and, mm-hmm. and, he, and he can't play? Um now, I guess you could still have him do whatever it is. I mean, we I don't know. See, all this is being done in a clandestine manner. I see these reports of players signing deals, a deal here, a deal here, there. You know, the for some reason these these websites, some of the websites feel like it's their responsibility to inform everybody when a player uh, signs an NIL deal, like they're part of making this all happen. And I guess they see it as a benefit for them. Right, that's fine. But they never tell you what a player is getting. They never tell you what his responsibilities are. Is he supposed to make commercials? Is he supposed to make billboards? Is he supposed to make uh, social media engagement? Is he supposed to go out and sign autographs? I mean, what are you getting for your money other than somebody's name? Um, So I don't know. The whole thing is still a bit of a a mishmash to me. I guess maybe over time it will all be sorted out. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to I, – I just don't see how it, you can sustain it. I think eventually you're going to bleed whoever it is you keep tapping into. Mm-hmm. You're going to bleed them dry. I see no other way around it. I see but no I other way around back, it, you know. 
but I keep thinking back to a comment Zach uh, Willis made on this program about three or four weeks ago. We were talking about South Carolina, and he, he referenced the offensive line. He said the one thing the Gamecocks have to do is take NIL money and go out and buy, was his words, go out and buy an mm-hmm. offensive line. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me because he's 100% correct. That's the only way, and you talked about Clemson and making the changes in their NIL. If they don't go out and continue to try and buy players, they're going to be left behind, Gamecocks too. We are seeing that, that if you don't go out and spend a bunch of money, it is going to come down to NIL. I mean, that's going to be the bottom line. I mean, money is the root of all evil, but it's also what all of us want to have. Nobody wants to have less money. We all want to have more money. Hmm. And if there's an option for us to have more money, we're going to go after it. And with what you just said, Chris, I think you hit on something that I brought up a little while back, but I want to say again, the Kobe Bryant model from an interview years ago where he was asked about what it took for him to, to kind of stand out from other players in the pack because everybody in the NBA is talent. Everybody's good. Everybody's fast. Everybody's tall. Everybody can jump and run. But he mentioned it's all about work ethic. And if his competition, I'm just using rough numbers here. I don't remember his exact quote. But if they're practicing two hours a day, he's going to practice four hours a day. If they're practicing four hours a day, he's going to practice eight hours a day. Now, after one day of that, you don't see much difference between the two players. But you stretch that out over over seven days of a week, yeah. 31 days mm-hmm. of a month, a month. 365 yep. days a year, two or three years. Well, now that gap has gone from just a couple of hours extra practice a day to now hundreds or thousands of hours of extra practice over the course of a year or a couple of years of a career. And that is what he attributed to helping him become so much better than the average player in the NBA and become one of the best players ever. I would use that same logic here with NIL. If you don't go out and use the portal or use the NIL to get players, you may not see much of a difference in your program to other programs after one year, but after three, four, five, six, seven, the the changes could be astronomical. I mean, the, the, the difference between your program and top-tier programs, and that's where you do see some programs start to separate themselves. All right, triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. And speaking of NIL, this story from On Three, Jeremy Crabtree. On Three is kind of the network, the recruiting network that's taken on NIL from a publicity standpoint and 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 uh, providing information on what a via the social media how what the value is for college and high school kids. How they come up with that? I guess they look at the the numbers of the followers and all that. But this this is the one uh, national uh, network that has sort of taken NIL and made it its own from a reporting standpoint. So they reported this week that uh, the South Carolina High School League, um, its executive committee meeting, let's see, on this past Wednesday, uh, Singleton, a uh, drum Singleton discussed enacting an NIL policy and revising the amateur policy for the association. And Singleton said he will begin to write the policy and formally present it to the committee in January for a vote. Um, Before diving into his reasoning on why change is needed, Singleton shared that committee members received information on how other state associations across the country handle NIL with their athletes. Uh, This would include uh, guidelines from Oklahoma, for example, and also Tennessee, and um, so they they apparently are looking at moving forward with adding uh, NIL rules to the high school league regulations here in South Carolina. So falling in line with, with several other states. Go ahead. When the Constitution of South Carolina have to be changed because our current NIL law is just for colleges, right? 
So the legislature would have to go back and rewrite that, that they just passed what uh, last year. Yep. They'd have to go rewrite it to include high schools, right? Uh, is that a constitutional thing or just a law? Well, uh, yeah, just either, a, either a way, law it's in a our law. State. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Either way, that would have to. You, you, the the high school league would not have the authority to enact that yeah. without legislative help. Yeah, yeah. The Constitution to change that, I think you get to have a vote of the people, and we the people would vote it down. <laughs> we the people. I would love to see that go up for a vote in our state. Yeah. I'd love to see where it, where it leans. Yeah, you know, good NIL luck. NIL for high school kids. Good luck in getting South NIL in uh, Green Sea Floyds. <laughs> All right, come on. And, Phil, before we hit the break here, while we're on this topic, this is back to, to college and NIL as opposed to high school, but wanted to go back to something you two talked about in the earlier segment. And for our listeners who missed that part, talking about uh, Juice Wells and trying to decipher his tweet, but also talking about Spencer Rattler and whether he might return for another year and use that last year of eligibility or he might depart for the NFL draft. You got to think a lot of that will be decided later on. But where I'm going with this is look at the NFL draft from last year. And I'm going by the current ranking, positional rankings by Mel Kuyper and ESPN, Sports Illustrated. I looked at about four or five different places, and Spencer Rattler was somewhere between the ninth and 12th ranked uh, quarterback projected into this draft. Now, personally, I think he's better than that. I think he'll improve and be drafted more like between the maybe fifth and eighth quarterback. Mm-hmm. But let's just use these metrics. So ninth to 12th. So let's say around 10. You go back to last year's draft, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. He was the 10th drafted quarterback. It was the fifth round, 140th player overall. Well, his contract, he was only guaranteed $342,000. He got that up front in a, if I'm reading this right, in a signing bonus, but he did sign a four-year, just over $4 million contract. But again, only that first bit was actually guaranteed. Well, let's now look at Spencer Rattler and using what you mentioned, the on3.com. Who knows the exact science behind this, but it does show what they claim to be an NIL value attached to different players. Spencer Rattler, according to this website, his NIL value is $1.5 million. That's a lot more money than what Dorian Thompson Robinson was being guaranteed in the NFL, which again, after one year, he could be cut. The Browns could kick him out, and he may never play again in football, another down of football in his life, having only made $300,000. If Spencer Rattler is realistically making $1.5 million, you got to think that's going to factor in here. And you would think, whether it's a conversation with an agent or whomever, would try to dictate okay, what is the minimal amount of money I would need? to leave South Carolina. Conversely, South Carolina and Shane Beamer and Ray Tanner and the NIL collectives, you would think would have to take a look at Spencer Rattler and say, what's the maximum amount we can get him to keep him here? And it's almost going to be an arms race between USC trying to retain Spencer Rattler and potentially the NFL <laughs> trying to entice him to leave. <laughs> well, you know, we've, <laughs> reported, that's how I see it. We've, we've reported that he, he's getting 1.2. Okay. This year. But here's the other thing. we got to go to the break. But yep. And that's all well and good. And I'm sure he'd be welcome back. But they, what about the chain reaction down the line? Now you got Lenora Sellers going, wait a minute, i gotta sit, I got to sit for another year? Mm-hmm. And you got Dante Reno coming in expecting to compete. And he's like, sure, yeah. i got to sit, you know, again behind these two. And yep. so, I mean, the chain reaction, even though you'd love to have a Spencer Rattler back, you've told these kids that you've recruited, hey, he's leaving after this year, blah, blah, blah. Um, it kind of it kind of puts you in a 
situation as the recruiter. Of, not that you were lying because maybe at the time you thought he was leaving, but you see the corner it puts him in. Got to hit the break. Be back. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people, and it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. George Bryant for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this, Tsunami Robbie? Transferring the training to the grass. This may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces. And the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device, whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Hi, it's Phil Kornblut of the Sports Talk Media Network. We love our high school football in South Carolina, and we love bringing you the scores every Friday night. 
From 10 to midnight, we check in on every region across the state with live reports and coaches' interviews. So whether you're in your car after a game or lounging in your den, be sure to dial up the Founders Federal High School Scoreboard Friday nights right here on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, coming up on the top of the hour here on Sports Talk. Talking Tuesday, Sports Talk Media Network. Phone number, 888-898-2525. Let's go back to the phones. It's Keith in Camden with us next. Hello, Keith. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Great to have you with us. How are you? I'm doing great. How y'all doing this evening? Man, fantastic. Good. I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, I know we got a few people over there listening to Beamer on the other station, but you know, I, ch- I chose to listen to y'all. Well, you know uh, what? Your decision is going to be rewarded because you got a good, yeah. you got a good 67 seconds to talk to us. Uh, it'll be quick. Um, I know that you, you know, you've digested it and you're okay. And you've accepted the NIL and it is what it is, but let me just, these ADs and coaches, I mean, Try let's just call it what it is. It's still pay to play, and uh, that's that's it. So I don't understand listening to these guys how they try to tiptoe around it. Hmm. I mean, it, it's a hot mess that we just got to live in. I just can't figure uh, but, out how we got here. I just can't figure well, out how we got here with all of this stuff, with no direction, no leadership, no rails around anything it's just a free-for-all out there at this point i don't know that they're ever going to be able to uh reel it in well uh, i'll tell you this phil i still watch us and clemson on saturdays but beyond that i used to watch all day and Hmm. up until the evening and now it's just it's different. Yeah. So it is definitely different. Thank you. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Top of the hour. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, welcome back in, everybody. It's hour number two, Talking Tuesday. Here on Sports Talk in a moment, Shane Beamer will be up. We had the the flip of the coin. It came up heads, which was Gamecocks this time. So Shane Beamer will lead off and then Dabo Sweeney coming up in a little bit. Uh, If you want to join us uh, between the coaches or maybe after, happy to hear from you if you're just tuning in, just catching us. 888-898-2525. For those of you just uh, catching us, We've solved all the problems of the world uh, in the last hour. You missed all that, so you can go back and listen to it on our podcast and see how we solved all the world's problems uh, in one hour. A couple of other quick notes before we get to uh, Shane Beamer. This was kind of unusual, typical of rivalry week. You don't see this 
during the regular during the regular week during the regular well this is regular season but you don't see this in any other uh, Clemson notes package before any other game this week Clemson put in their notes what they call program comparison so side by side numbers between the two teams so Clemson all time record seven ninety six four seventy two and forty five that's a six twenty three percentage. South Carolina, 635, 611, and 44. That's a 509 percentage. At least the Gamecocks have opened up some room on the, on the plus yeah, side of 500. Yeah, 500. Yeah. yeah. But Clemson closing in on 800 wins. They'll get that next year. Three national championships to zero, 27 conference championships to one, 49 bowl appearances to 25. So they'll have, <clears throat> have their 50th bowl appearance this year. 26 bowl wins to 10, 495 weeks in the AP poll to 191, 25 weeks weeks ranked number one to zero, 36 AP top 25 finishes to 10, 13 AP top 10 finishes to three, seven AP top five finishes to one, 72 head-to-head wins to 43, 31 consensus All-Americans to four, 274 NFL draft picks to 216, 39 first-round picks to 15. Those were the notes that they had in what they called their program comparison. Just, you know, that's in the notes. You don't see that for any other game. It's informative. Is it a little shot at your rival there? I'd say it so. It absolutely is, but yeah. they've got plenty to brag about. Yeah. It is funny, though, they would put that in game notes where only the media could see it. Uh, their fan base can't sit there and brag unless, well, they, unless, know, unless we some, do what we did there. Unless some jackhead in the media tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> I will say two things, though, and, and obviously they did not compare the Heisman Trophy winners. They left that out. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. yeah somebody, that, huh? somebody tweeted that. <laughs> yeah, where's, that, the huh? he, where's the list for the Heisman Trophy? That's good. But the other That's thing good. that was interesting is how many uh, – in. If you just take the two programs together, and clearly Clemson is by far the better of the two, but how relatively close the NFL draft picks are. South Carolina's had a pretty good selection of NFL draft picks to mm-hmm. only go 635, 611, and 44. Yeah. Yeah, that surprised me, too, the number of draft mm-hmm. picks they've had, which tells me they've had good players and lousy coaches. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the, the you know, common denominator. They've right had there. enough good players. <laughs> For whatever reason, they haven't been able to put it together, but Shane Beamer... Is he going to be the long-term answer for South Carolina, that guy that's going to build the program like Dabo Sweeney has built the program at Clemson? He's never shied away since he's been in Columbia to praise Dabo Sweeney and cite the Clemson program about how good they have been under Dabo Sweeney. They do have that kind of good relationship. And if you look closely, he's done a lot of the same things. He's done a lot of the same things that Dabo Sweeney did to get his program up and running. So – here is Shane Beamer as he met with the media this afternoon to preview the game with the Tigers. A ton of respect for Dabo. There's been some great coaches that have come through Clemson, and for him to be the uh, all-time winningest coach at that university, what, a, uh, what an accomplishment uh, for him. Uh, much respect from that standpoint. Um, you know, they've done a great job this year just continuing to stay the course and, and get better. Obviously, turnovers were an issue for them, had chances to win every game that they've lost. Uh, but they kept on playing hard. They kept believing. They kept fighting. And now they're playing their best ball with some with three great wins here over these last three weeks. 
kind of the same old story for them defensively, a, a dominant front seven. You know, uh, that's uh, to the difference between the SEC and other conferences, in my opinion, is the line of scrimmage. And they have an SEC defensive line. And uh, they do every year. They do a great job. Uh, Carter and Trotter, the two linebackers, are lights out, probably the best linebacker tandem that we've played two guys together uh, all season, uh, athletic and, and long in the secondary as well. Offensively, uh, quarterback, you know, as an athlete, can throw, can run, was, had double-digit carries last week against uh, against North Carolina. They want to run the ball. You know, they're a run-the-ball and, and physical group on the offense, um, uh, averaging 100 and close to 180 yards a game rushing. The two running backs, Moffa and Shipley, are, are dynamic. You know, offensive line's been banged up a little bit like we have, and, and they've been mixing and matching, but they're playing really well as a unit here down the stretch and and uh, got weapons at receiver and and across the board. So uh, defense, or special teams-wise, you know, Shipley's back there returning kicks, and they do a good job special teams-wise, special teams-wise also. So it'll be a uh, it'll be a big challenge uh, for us, and they have our full, full respect. Going to be a great game out there. No, it'll be a great environment, you know, to fan bases and that love uh, the love what this weekend is about. Uh, certainly, we need our fans to be make this an unbelievable advantage for us being at home. Uh, that's a tough place to play up there. We saw that last year going up on the road and going down 14 nothing early. Uh, their crowd was a factor, and, and we need our crowd to really, really, really be a factor this Saturday night. Need them there to honor our seniors, so I would encourage all of our fans to be in their seats early. Our uh, ceremony to honor our seniors should be roughly 7.15 on uh, Saturday night when we come off the field from pregame warm-up. So just in case we're a couple minutes early, let's go ahead and say 7.10. But uh, with those guys, you know, to carry on and so many of our seniors that have given so much to this university, they deserve that. So we need that to be a special ceremony for them uh, at 7.10 before kickoff. And um, and then we need that to be an electric environment uh, throughout, uh, not just at the beginning, but all night long and with no let up at all. But looking forward to it. You know, it's a unique week with it being Thanksgiving uh, also. So, you know, we'll try and keep as normal a schedule as possible. Practice Thursday morning like we always do. You know, Thursdays during the season, our players are done by 1130, 12 o'clock at the latest. And this Thursday will be no different being able to spend Thanksgiving with their families if they're in town or or uh, luckily a lot of our guys live close and they may be going home with somebody or going to a coach's house as well. But we'll all spend Thanksgiving um, uh, together as much as we can and then back in here on Friday with a normal schedule. So looking forward to it. And with that, any questions? Shane, what's the situation update with DK? And uh, also just kind of what can you say about what his legacy has been here? Yep. Sorry, I screwed that up again, Gene. It didn't get to injuries. Uh, I would say, um, obviously, Juju is out and everyone else is questionable. If they weren't going to play, I would I would let you know. DK has, uh, has assured us he's playing. Uh, knowing him, I don't doubt him. He was out there at practice in a limited role today. Same thing with Trey Jones, Casey Henry, Jackson Hughes. You know, I wouldn't say they're probable, but it's not ready to sit here and say that they're out either. We'll see how they progress the rest of the week. And uh, DK's legacy, she's um, you talk about a guy that loves this university, loves this state, loves this community, loves being a Gamecock. That's him through and through. Um, I can remember coaching at Georgia and coming in, going into Fort Dorchester High School when he was a senior in high school and seeing him and meeting him and talking to him. And then what a great player he was in high school. And then guy that works hard, um, great spirit about himself all the time, has done so much for this team, whether it be on special teams, whether it be as a quarterback, wide receiver, running back. 
Uh, he's just a really good football player, but a great young man that wants to give back to this uh, state and this community. And uh, he makes our program better on and off the field and has since the time he decided to come to the University of South Carolina. Going on from that, I'm not sure if you were aware of the uh, tweet or X last night from uh, Juice Wells sharing something along the lines that he'll be back next year, not playing. I know it might sound like a dumb question, but just because of the way it was worded, just for clarification purposes, did Juice talk with you at all about not playing this weekend, or is he one of those players that could be playing this weekend as well? I wouldn't count on it if Juice came to me today, today after or today after this press conference and said he wanted to play this week. It um, wouldn't shock me. I'm not counting on that happening, though, Mike. Uh, I met with Juice a couple times last week and and uh, and over the weekend or after the game as well. So that the the post that he had on X last night didn't surprise me as far as what he announced. Um, did not anticipate him playing this week, but again. If Juice decides he's in the right frame, right frame of mind, and, and feels good physically, and he wants to, then great. But we're not counting on that. And I know you guys are focused on this game, but I have to ask you, just knowing that some of the circumstances with the eligibility rules, are you guys anticipating the NCAA putting that waiver in place again with being able to allow players to play in a fifth game for a bowl game? And I bring that up just because there's multiple players on this team, and again, I'm sure you guys want to win, and you're focused on this week. But do you think about that at all and have you anticipated that? Yeah, every decision we've made as far as uh, guys playing in their four games, five games, whatever it might be, has been with the anticipation that in a bowl game they would have the waiver just like they had last season, which needs to happen because of the transfer portal and everything else, guys leaving early for the NFL draft. Um, guys need to be able in order to field a roster. I mean, we saw that last year with us in the Gator Bowl when we had some attrition guys that left the program or decided to start preparing for the NFL draft and didn't play in the bowl game. We were down some bodies, to say the least, and um, being able to utilize that is for player safety, uh, if anything. Spencer was saying how you really have to take the emotions out of this game in order to execute, but how difficult it how difficult is it to actually do that when there are so many emotions involved in this rivalry? It's tough. I think it's every rivalry that's the case, um, whether it's you know Virginia Tech, Virginia, or Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Texas, Oklahoma, or any of the ones that I've had a chance to be a part of. Uh, you know it's emotional. It's emotional for both teams. But to me, on Saturday, the team that wins is not going to be the team that dislikes the other team more. It's going to be the team that plays the best. And coaches the best, you know, so really focus on, you know, doing your job and doing it at a high level. And, and you know it's an emotional game, but you can't get out there and, and uh, lose your mind in a lot of ways. You know, I thought, you know, two years ago I made the mistake. I think I've told you guys before. I feel like in, my, in, in a lot of ways I didn't have us – we were ready to play and fired up and all that, but probably weren't in the best frame of mind. And we went out there and we played like crap two years ago out here in Columbia. Not that we've had wholesale changes in how we approach this game, but you know, you learn that uh, everything is, is heightened this week uh, as well. And it's not just for this game. It's every rivalry game going on, you know, uh, across the country. That's just, that's part of it. You'll have a, a guest in attendance. Just any thoughts on, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump being at the game on Saturday? 
Nah, we're going to have, I think, 80,000 people in attendance. So I don't really think I can comment on all 80,000 people that are going to be in the stadium. I think it goes back to the question that was asked a minute ago about the magnitude on this game of this game. You know, the fact that um, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, apparently, and whoever else wants to come, President Biden, James Clyburn, whoever, you know, from a political, political uh, um, realm. I think it's just a great statement about, those people want to be at this game. There's a lot of eyes on this game uh, as well. And, uh, you know, it's another statement to me about the great things that are going on here in Columbia, South Carolina, whether it be football, city of Columbia or academics, the state of South Carolina, women's basketball, men's basketball. There's a lot of great things going on in Columbia. And it's neat that, you know, there's that much attention on this game. All right. Shane Beamer, dodging the political question, as uh, they all do. Hey, I just hope it shouldn't be a traffic problem because 7.30 kickoff, folks will start rolling into town, obviously, Friday, early Saturday morning. you got all day, people. you got all day to get in and get parked and tailgate. you got all day. So when I come rolling in with my entourage, okay, when you see my limo start pulling in there about 3.30, you should be parked in your spots out of the way. I should have no trouble uh, getting to my parking spot, okay? Uh, now, getting into the stadium security and secret service and all that, I mean, just don't, you know, don't look suspicious. Just look normal and and don't carry anything but um, clear bags, and and you'll, you'll scoot right through. But just don't make any funny moves, and you'll be fine. Do you think he'll probably just roll up right to it, like straight from the airport, the entourage, straight to the stadium, pull up right front, and then straight in, and then kind of straight out? Isn't that usually what we see kind of high-caliber officials like that when they do any kind of visit? I would think so. I would think they would get him as close into the to the stadium. Uh, then again, I mean, it is a political thing. Maybe he wants right. to get out among the people and walk through the tailgate areas <laughs> and shake hands and all that. What do you think if that were to happen? <laughs> Secret Service would have a heart attack if if that happened. I mean, really, they really and you're right. Trump probably would. Trump's one of those guys like uh, President Kennedy would uh, wanted to do. You know, they wanted to get out and meet with the people, and it may have cost well, him his life. You obviously, I, I think, you've never seen the movie The American President. I have. Okay, we know in that movie Michael Douglas mm-hmm. is he's in his car with the Secret Service, and he's. He's feeling bad because he's leaving his uh, his now girlfriend behind to go uh, settle a, a labor dispute in St. Louis, had to break a dinner date, and he wanted to get her flowers. And so he just told the car to pull over, and he saw a flower shop on a street in Washington heading to the airport. He said, just pull over. I'll run in there and get them. And, you know, uh, they said, no, Mr. President, you're not running in there. And, getting it. and he said, what's, what's the likelihood that there's an assassin waiting for me in a flower shop? Or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a valid point. But and he yeah, walked no, in but... there, and the lady behind the counter passed out, you know. Isn't that, in, earlier in the scene uh, in that movie, doesn't he try to actually call the florist, and they don't believe who he is? Right, yeah. Because yeah, the president yeah. wouldn't call and order his own flowers. Exactly. He's got a secretary to handle that, right? See, I like Michael Douglas as president, man. That's, yeah, this is a good movie. He seemed really to handle is. that role movie. pretty well. You know, mm-hmm. more, um, we've seen a lot of uh, Morgan Freeman as president over the years. 
He's always been president during disaster movies, though. <laughs> yeah. They always have him as the president when the country's been wiped out by a flood. I remember one Comet. time. Yeah, comets. <laughs> um, yeah, he's always had to handle the presidency during during difficult times. Now, trying to look back real quick at other at past football games that President Trump has attended, and it it does seem like a few of these he made it a point to not only be partially up in a suite somewhere where he's able to wave behind the glass, but then it seems like he makes it a point each time to come out into the looks like upper portion of the lower deck and come out of one of the tunnels surrounded, of course, by lots of Secret Service. And do a little meet and greet and wave at the crowd. And as you'd imagine with any political figure, uh, some cheering, some booing, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so maybe he will be actually coming out to, to mingle with the people a little okay. bit during the game. So here's the question. I mean, seriously. you could Now, now look at some of the responses we've gotten uh, to our poll question. That's a very small sample, of course. And we know this is a deeply red state, and it's a, deeply, it's a deep Trump state. But the makeup of the crowd – at the football game could is going to be a mixture so they will announce i'm sure and put his uh picture up uh on the billboard on the stadium uh the, the big scoreboard the big screen that he's there right you're going to take advantage of it if you're usc and, and also mcmaster i guess uh what do you think the crowd reaction will be you think it'll be 80 percent cheers and 10 percent booze uh, more than that less than that what do you project i think it would be probably 85 15 uh, he's extremely popular here in the South. He's extremely popular here in South Carolina. And I think he'll get a, a grand ovation if, if it gets to that point where they bring him out and they show him that he's at the game. Yeah, that, you know, obviously, I mean, no, no president has a 100% approval rate. None ever will. So there will be people to boo, but I, I think the overwhelming majority of the people at williams Bryce Stadium will give him a standing ovation. You know, I wonder, through our connections uh, with uh, powerful Republican politicians like uh, General Wilson, we Saw could him get on TV tonight. Really? We could get yes. uh, we could get President Trump to uh, serve as a picker on our football filibuster cool. on, on Friday night. You <laughs> that know, would be really cool. Have Governor Hodges, General Wilson and our guest picker tonight, Donald Trump. I would be so <laughs> nervous making that phone call <laughs> to get them on the line. <laughs> Mr. President, this is, this is P- now, Pat Daniel. <laughs> I might forget you, my name. I don't know. You I don't probably, know who I am. You probably don't know this and people might not remember, but when Obama was running for president, uh, the fir- you know, his first time, was that 2012? When was it? 2008. 2008. Wow. Uh, through Governor Hodges, we had him on the show. No way. Cool. Yeah. He was really? in Myrtle Beach. He was in Myrtle Beach for a either a debate or a speech. And Governor Hodges, close, close friend of the show, as mm-hmm. you know, he set it up. And we had Obama on for about 15 minutes. Wow. That'd be really cool if we yeah. get Trump on, too. And we had to—, uh, to and this was during the primary, by the way. This was a pri- This is when the Democrats were—, were getting ready for their primary. He was running against Clinton, Hillary Clinton. We had to reach out to the Hillary Clinton campaign just to be yes. fair. Of course, that went nowhere. But, uh, you know, Obama, he was great, man. We talked about He's his a basketball. Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We bet. talked about hoops and, you know, to sit and talk to him just like any guy that you'd want to talk sports with. That was that was pretty cool. So I got that tape somewhere. Should dig it out of the closet. All right, uh, 888-898-2525. Let's go back to the phones. And uh, we'll go where next. Uh, we got recruiting coming up as well. A lot of stuff in recruiting for you. As a lot of players are coming out saying they'll be in Columbia on Saturday, including some of their 
They're big targets. Bruce in Missouri. Welcome in, Bruce. Good to have you with us tonight. Well, thank you, Phil, for taking my call tonight. Yes, Just sir. To kind of give you the heads up on uh, Dr. Pepper commercial. Uh, the boy, uh, the son of the guy that wanted, wanted his son to play football, and he hated football. Now he likes it, but he's got a Coastal Carolina uh, shirt on. It's got Coastal on it. Check it out. He gets hit in the head by his, his girlfriend. Turned him over to football. <laughs> this is this a this is a new Dr Pepper college football commercial. commercial. Yeah, yeah, it's coastal. He's wearing a coastal shirt. shirt. Uh, Chris, have you seen and, that? And the same color. I have not. You don't recognize it. See, I'm an artist and graphic designer, and you notice these things when they pop out at you. Okay, we're gonna look it up and see what it looks like. Oh, you'll be you'll be fooled because he gets hit in the head by the by his girlfriend throwing the football to him, and he he doesn't pay attention. <laughs> so, I haven't seen yeah. that. All right, what's else on your mind? Have you given us your prediction yet for the game? Well, I look at I'm, I'm thinking twenty eight to twenty one, Clemson. Twenty eight, twenty one. Yeah, twenty eight, twenty one. Give him credit. I, I'm 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 cheering for for uh, Park Larry. And uh, this is the last show of the year that he's going to be able to go footballing, you know. So, anyway, I'm, I'm helping him out there. Though. You know, it's going to be a good game. Sure. Well, 28-21, that means it could go either way in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, listen, okay. you have a great Thanksgiving. Great hearing from you. And call yeah. us again soon. I will. I have it before. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Phil. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bruce. Thank you very much. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. Give you some basketball scores quickly here. We got a lot of holiday basketball taking place. You sounded like Elvis there. No, by I don't the way. why my voice just Thank did you. that. Thank you. By the way, thank uh, you very much. Duke, <laughs> Duke twenty six, LaSalle nineteen, Ball State twenty three, Upstate eleven. Gonzaga beat Syracuse seventy six fifty seven. Florida State. In overtime, beat Colorado 77-71. We told you Citadel beat North Carolina Central 67-61. And uh, let's see, what else we got in basketball involving state teams tonight? You've got the Upstate. You've got Oh, Furman's playing at UAB tonight. So that's it, Furman, Citadel, Upstate, um, Presbyterian. Those are the ones playing uh, tonight from the state. And uh, let's see, any other notes I wanted to mention to you from today? Uh, we'll get to recruiting coming up, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Man, after the break, we're going to go to uh, Dabo Sweeney, sir. Sorry about basketball. This is a quick turnaround for Furman. They just played, finished up the Myrtle Beach Invitational on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Bob Ritchie, no rest for the weary, I guess, for his team. And this may be out of state, but James Madison, just looking through the scores, they're tied right now with Southern Illinois, but James Madison's number 22 in the country. We haven't talked about it in a few days, but we've referenced that potential lawsuit that they might be filing against the NCAA trying mm-hmm. to get become eligible. James Madison, just mad props to them. They're good in seemingly a lot of sports right now, football, basketball. Right now, no oh, by the way, the college football uh, playoff rankings came out tonight, uh, just a little while ago. Uh, Clemson back in the college football playoff ranking for the 52nd time. Uh, makes the Tigers uh, second on the all-time list behind Alabama and Ohio State. Those two have been in the rankings all 58 times they've had rankings. Wow. And Clemson is in it for the 52nd time. Uh, Your top four 
Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington. So Florida State drops, and Washington moves up because of the injury to Jordan Travis. Man. Wow. Penalize an entire team because the quarterback gets hurt. Mm. Be back after the break. get the feeling that Clemson fans are going to overrun Williams-Brice Stadium Saturday night as they have in recent visits to Columbia. I think Gamecock fans are going to hold on to their tickets and show up in hopes that their team can win at home in the rivalry for the first time in, what, 10 years? 2013? I think that would have been the case had they not rallied back and beaten Kentucky. There's a lot on the line now for South Carolina True. this weekend, too, yeah. so I mm-hmm. think fans will will definitely hang on to their tickets. Absolutely. All right, Talking Tuesday here brought oh, to you by quickly. Touchstone Energy Cooperatives. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Correct me. Wanted to correct. Yep, wanted to uh, jump back up. Uh, Furman actually not playing tonight in men's basketball. They've got UAB later on this week. Yeah, so all you Furman fans, what is that? I missed Saturday. Ledger. Yeah. I actually put it down twice in my basketball calendar. I had it for some reason tonight and then again on Saturday, so. <laughs> apologies on that apologies okay uh it's uh, talking tuesday time to go to uh, dabo sweeney we heard from shane beamer a little while ago now the other side of the coin about the palmetto bowl for uh, 2023 here's dabo sweeney always tough to to head down to columbia that's a great environment um you know their fans doing an awesome job creating a um, really tough venue uh to go play but man, we, we look forward to the challenge. Uh, be you know we got to have a great week of preparation. Obviously, um, uh, you know they've got they got they got some dudes uh, that can that can really hurt you. Starting with their quarterback, I think he's he is he has really played good football uh, for them, and uh, he's a, he's a very very and heck he played great against us last year, uh, and he's a guy that plays a lot of confidence. Uh, he can do a lot of things with his legs and his arms. Seems like every week I'm looking up, I'm seeing some quarterbacks going to play in the NFL uh, like every single week. That's what we look at, and uh, he's no different. So just another great quarterback, man, that that's, presents a huge challenge for us. And uh, he's got good receivers. Um, you know, the, the 24s really settled in and, and become a, a, a really hard-nosed, tough-to-tackle back for them. They've, they've gotten some continuity up front, uh, they're a little bit like us in that regard. They've had some kind of uh, musical chairs a little bit with, with guys being in and out of the lineup or hurt, whatever, and, and uh, so they've kind of created a little bit of continuity there. Um, uh, tight end's a good player. Uh, they've got that number eight going. He's kind of an interesting guy. He's a big, young athlete that I think has got a bright future. Uh, he's kind of been getting in the mix as well. But, you know, I mean, 17 is – I mean, he's a superstar. Uh, and, and, again, it seems like every week I look up and there's some, there's some freak outside that we're, that we're seeing. So, uh, great quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen a bunch of them. So, uh, they certainly present a lot of challenges there. And then uh, defensively, you know, this is a, a, a tough group, man. Uh, we've seen a bunch of these guys. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got, they've got – you know, a couple guys that have had all-conference, all-American status at safety. Um, you know, I think I think their linebackers. I think the nickel kid is is a, a twenty-four. Their nickel guy. He's a good football player. 
young guy, but but a, a really good player. And, Got good experience uh, in the linebacker core and, and some of these guys that have been there forever uh, up front. They've played a bunch of snaps, uh, you know, throughout their career. So uh, definitely a group that that will be excited to play the Tigers. And, again, rivalry games, I mean, this is doesn't really matter what you've done, you know, last year, last 10 years, last week. Uh, doesn't really matter. It just comes down to – you know, playing well in these four quarters. But uh, looking forward to it, uh, off to a good start with our preparation. And obviously this is a, 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 you know, different week from a preparation standpoint. It is Thanksgiving. We certainly, uh, you know, try to take time to make sure that we uh, uh, celebrate that, you know, and give these guys some time with their families and things. But um, hope you all have a great Thanksgiving as well. And, and uh, we, you know, Regardless of what happens on the scoreboard Saturday night, whether you're a Tiger or a Gamecock, you know, we got a lot to be thankful for, uh, all of us, you know, that we have the privilege to be able to just, you know, go participate in a game like this. You know, there's certainly a lot of, a lot of things going on in our world, and, uh, you know, we, we can't ever lose sight of, of how fortunate and how blessed we are uh, to, to be able to, um, you know, have pause, if you will, and, and celebrate a game, uh, you know, and and compete, um, you know, and it's important for this state. So uh, excited to be a part of it. Look forward to heading down there on Friday and, and uh, seeing if we can play our best game. With Rattler, it seems like some of their biggest plays, he's not a guy that's going to run for 100 on you, but happen when he's flushed by his time and then finds Leggett or somebody down the field. Yeah, they do a good job of – you know, he, he doesn't just sit in the pocket very often. I mean, he they they it's it's you know swap boots, uh, setting edges. You know, they got tight ends in there all the time, creating creating edges for him to get outside the pocket to extend time. And then he's an explosive player. I mean, he he's if you give him time, uh, he's incredible incredibly accurate. He can make all the throws. Um, and but when he gets out of the pocket. You know, and he doesn't get to me. He doesn't get enough credit for his running ability. He can run. He can really run. He's crafty when he runs. He's a smart runner. He does a good job protecting himself. Uh, but he can. He can go. Um, but you know, the the thing is, like I said, they they're smart. Uh, they don't just they don't just leave him in the pocket. You know, I mean, they'll they'll max protect and give him time to let some of these cross. They run a lot of deep shot cross country. You know, post. Uh, backside, you know, cro- deep crossers. They run a lot of those type of plays. And, you know, those ta- those things take time. So they will max protect or they will boot him and get him outside the pocket to allow those type of things to develop. And then it's – and then he, he can he can throw it on the run or he can pull up and, and uh, let it go. So I think he's a very good player. I think I think he's played really well. I mean, he's, he's made good decisions. Um and he does create a problem for you, you know, with with his legs and his arm, you know, similar to, to Drake, who we just played. I mean, he can extend, you know, and that's what happened on the big touchdown the other night, uh, the first one. I mean, he, you know, we didn't do a good job of, of containing outside, and he buys time. We got pressure coming. I think it was Woodass was bearing down, and he's just drifting, 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 and, you know, next thing you know, he just over the top of you, and he's accurate. And I think I think Rattler's a lot like that. Do you remember your evaluation of Xavier Leggett when he was at <coughs> Mullins and 
just how he has developed uh, in his time to, to reach the level he's reached? Yeah, I don't remember, like, specific evaluation at, at the time, uh, him coming out of high school. But I think he's, I think he's, you know, he's developed incredibly well. I think he's going to be a big-time pro. And, uh, you know, and that's, he's a great reminder to everybody that this is a developmental game. I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, I mean, you know, everybody wants – and that's, that's what I hate about this world we operate in now in, in the world of college athletics. You should not be that way, but with the, you know, the way the intensity of recruiting and everybody's just, you know, knows everything and, and it talks about everything and evaluates and scrutinizes everything. If kids aren't great players as freshmen, it's like they stink. And it's just it's such a bad – mindset I mean it really is I mean I, I there, there's very few quarterbacks I mean that's the same thing like at the quarterback position if a guy doesn't play as a freshman it's like I mean there's not many Trevor Lawrence's or Deshaun's on the planet uh, there's just not if you look at the 32 and if you looked at the 64 NFL quarterbacks whoever the first and second guys I guarantee you very few of them started as freshmen in college very few in fact the guy for the Raiders was a walk-on at Purdue I think it was a walk-on. Now he's in starting for the Raiders. You know, this is a developmental game, especially, I mean, in football. You know, I mean, it's not just skill, you know, like some of these other sports. You know, not that those sports aren't developmental. They are. But it's so much more than skill in football. Um, I mean, it's the, the, the physical development and the technical fundamental aspects that go along with it and just the knowledge of the game, it's really hard. And, um, you know, when, when you – you know, guys like Sean and Trevor, you know, Sammy Watkins, they screw it up for everybody else, right? Uh, I mean, those guys are – you know, they're cyborgs. Uh, you know, they're, they're, that's, it's just not the norm. You know, you free, I mean, look at Rattler, right? I mean, this kid is playing at an incredibly high level of football. You know, and I mean – they want to they, they they want to get rid of him, you know. He's a terrible player, you know. And you look around the country, just look around. I mean, Bo Nix, he might win the Heisman. I mean, they 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 couldn't fire him quick enough down there at Auburn, right? I mean, you know, kids got to get better, you know. Guys develop. I mean, there's a lot of things that it's just the way this sport is, and um, so you know, I think I think uh, Leggett's a, a good uh, is it Leggett or Leggett? Leggett, Leggett is, is a perfect example of that. I mean, he's just put the work in. He's gotten better. He's gotten better. They've obviously he's been well coached. I mean, he's just, you know, he's put the weight in the in the film room, the, the weight room. I mean, he's a big, strong presence. And then his confidence grows. And next thing you know, you look up and here's this this senior that's a monster. And I mean, we've had a million of those guys come through here that, you know, I mean, hey, Vic Beasley, he never started a game until his fourth year at Clemson. If that was happening today, you know, he'd be, he wouldn't even make it here four years, right? He wouldn't even make it. He wouldn't even be here. A guy, guy, guy did not start a game until his fourth year. And guess what? He didn't deserve to start a game. He wasn't a very good player. He wasn't a very good player. But he kept working. And then he came, you know, his fifth year, and the, guy, the guy's the eighth pick in the draft or something like that. So it's a developmental game. And if you're made of the right stuff and you put the work in, Good things will happen, but it doesn't. It's just it's not the same for everybody, and we try to make it the same for everybody, and it's not. It's just not the same. They might look the part, 
but fundamentally, technically, mentally, they got to develop. They might mentally have it, but fundamentally, technically, physically, they got a ways to go. And, you know, but that's what's great about football. If you really, you know, grind and work and don't look for shortcuts because there aren't any. And, you know, live because, you know, again, and, and it's, you, it just comes with the territory because you get so scrutinized, you know, in today's world, uh, it's a lot of pressure on these kids. You know, a lot of them, they hit a wall, you know, and they, and they it stunts their development, I think. Uh, or they, you know, oh, I got to go, and they pack up and they leave, and, and the mirror goes with them, right? You know, uh, it's really the man in the mirror. And uh, so uh, I think he's a great example of development. They've done a really good job with him. Did you just make your argument against recruiting the portal? What's that? Did you just make your argument? No, 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 no. I think I think there's a time and a place for kids need a fresh start. You know, I think that's a the portal's a great tool for a lot of these kids. I mean, I just think early on, if you again, you got freshmen that okay, they're not starting, so they must be bad, and we pile on these kids and all this stuff. And next thing you know, these guys, well, you know, it's going to be easier over here because that's the world where we, we've taught them. Uh, but no, I think no, I think the portal's great. It's a great tool for coaches and a great tool for the kids, you know, because sometimes they just need a new opportunity. Sometimes they, they just want to have a chance to play, you know, maybe competitively they, they, or they're graduates and they just need one an opportunity or a situation where a guy needs a fresh start, uh, you know, especially at the quarterback position. So I think Spencer's a great example of that. Usually you'll see teams with multiple playmakers, but the fact that, you know, they've had an injury to Wells and Leggett's had to be the guy they're trying to develop, I mean, just observing it from a set of eyes on the outside, how are they getting it done so often? Because you'd think every junk defense in the world would be throwing it, trying to contain him. Well, 10's a good little player. I mean, you know, like I said, 8's a guy that's – he's been emerging for them. Young guy, you know. He, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know him. Uh, I have, certainly haven't coached him, but he's a physical presence. <laughs> a guy can run, but – I'm sure, you know, he's, but he's a freshman, right? I mean, you know, and so he's been coming and developing. So I think they've, they've brought him along. And then, uh, you know, they're tight ends. They've really gotten those guys involved, one and six, um, 24. I mean, DeCarion's a guy that's made a lot of plays in his career. Um, and they've done, you know, done some creative things. They've done a little wildcat. I mean, they've done a little bit, brought the backup quarterback in there this past week as well, a couple situations. So, uh, and then I think just, you know, uh, protection-wise, they've, they've tried to do some things to, um, you know, give Rattler opportunities to get the ball down the field, and, uh, and, he, can, and he, can, he can do it. All right, there you go. That's uh, Dabo Sweeney. Everything from Sweeney, everything from Beamer up on our website, along with uh, Spencer Rattler, who talked today. And, and the two uh, quarterbacks. Cade Klubnick, who spoke mm-hmm. on Monday, is up there as well. Check it all out, sportstalksc.com. After the break, it's recruiting time here on Sports Talk. A lot of players indicating they plan to be in Columbia Saturday night. We'll give you some names and other things coming up after this break. Be right back.
I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step to Towards reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, it's the fall in South Carolina. That means it's deer season. What do people need to know about? That's right, Phil. It is deer season. We always want to remind hunters to identify your target. Know the identifying features of the game you're hunting. Make sure that it's a deer before you take that shot. When walking to and from your stand in low light, use a flashlight so that no one will mistake you for a deer. For more information on hunting safety and more information on deer season, listen to our show on Wednesday nights on the Sports Talk Media Network. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
Okay, it's time to give you the recruiting report tonight. Right here on Sports Talk, brought to you by Seawells. Reminder, Seawells is closed this week for the daily luncheon buffet. They will resume next week after the holiday. And if you're making plans for an event that needs the best in catering, just give the folks at Seawells a call at 803-771-7385, online at seawellscateringsc.com. Leading off in recruiting, 2025 safety Jonte Gilbert, Atlanta, made his second visit this month to Clemson last Saturday for North Carolina. He was there for Notre Dame. This time his dad was with him. That's important. His dad played football at Texas, and he's friendly. He's from Georgia. He's friendly with Clemson safety's coach Mickey Kahn. So they hooked up on the visit, and that was big for Gilbert. And he's just building a strong relationship with the Clemson staff, and they – he said they love him as a player. They love his character. They love his film. He can play really all over the secondary. Uh, he can cover the slot. He can blitz off the edge. He can play safety, corner, nickel, pretty much everything. So Clemson is a top three with him with USC and Southern Cal. That's right. I said USC and Southern Cal. Live with it. Uh, now, the Gamecocks have been involved with him for an extended period. Shane Beamer, Torian Gray, Clayton White. And they have built a great relationship with him. And he really likes the Gamecocks. He's been to South Carolina before. And right now, those three are the, the top three with him. He's also looking at Texas and Colorado. Um, his dad, of course, a Texas grad, knows the coaches there. And he also knows coaches on the staff at Colorado. So those are possibilities as well. He planned to be in Columbia Saturday. But health matter with a family member might prevent him from making it. Asked who he would pull for, he said, quote, great question. Since it's going to be at Willie Bryce, I've got to go Gamecocks, end quote. <laughs> USC offered defensive tackle Malcolm Alcorn Crowder, 6'6", 295, of Butler County Junior College, Kansas. He's out of Massachusetts. As a freshman, he made 28 tackles, seven sacks in nine games. Per his father, Coach Brian Staley, Strom Thurmond receiver, Tennessee commitment, Braylon Staley, they've talked a lot the last few weeks with USC coaches, Beamer, Stepp, and Loggins. They have thought about visiting Saturday, but not sure yet. They have a bunch of family coming in. Defensive tackle Jerome Simmons of Highland Junior College, Kansas, confirmed he will make an unofficial visit to USC Saturday. On my tweet or my post, originally I mistakenly wrote official. It's unofficial. My bad. I corrected it twice. Hopefully you caught it. If not, you're hearing it here. He's a Bamberg native, and he took an official visit to Kansas State on the 11th, and he is scheduled for an official to Georgia on the 8th. Running back Daniel Hill of Meridian, Mississippi, said this afternoon he is planning to visit for the game Saturday. And some other prospects who've said they're coming in, 25 defensive tackle Sterling Sanders, others in the 25 class. He's from Blythewood. South Florence defensive tackle Amari Adams. Defensive end Anthony Addison of Sumter. Receiver Malik Clark of Rock Hill. 26 class. Receiver Brody Keel. Make that Brody Keefe of Camden. Running back Tony O'Banner of Thomas Hayward. Did I say, let's go back to Brody Keefe. Charlotte. Did I say Camden? I'm delirious. Receiver <laughs> Brody Keefe of Charlotte. Running back Tony O'Banner of Thomas Hayward. Receiver Carnell Warren of Bluffton, 
27 quarterback Mason Holtzclaw, who's a South Carolina native who attends Christ School, Arden, North Carolina. Uh, Linebacker Jamaris Stevens of Strom Thurmond received a PWO offer from the Gamecocks. And keep an eye on this. Yale offensive lineman Jonathan Mendoza, 6'8", 290, has entered the portal, John. And I'd keep an eye on him from a USC standpoint, considering their connections there. They have a player from Yale, and they have a commitment coming in, of course, whose father's the head coach at Yale. So they do have connections to that program. If he's a good enough player, they might make a move on him at 68290, Jonathan Mendoza. The Mendoza line would be 290 for Jonathan Mendoza. All right, that'll do it. Uh, final thoughts, Chris? Speaking of the transfer portal, if you go back and listen to Shane Beamer's entire press conference up on our website at sportstalksc.com, Pete Icabelli from the Associated Press asked him a really interesting question about how to balance recruiting high school players versus the transfer portal. Thought he had a really insightful answer for that. Okay. Have a great night, everybody. See you tomorrow.